Hi, everyone. I'm Megan Swanson. And I'm Allie Mancuso. People can see this. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and this is the what? Powerhouse Podcast, obviously. Um, this is episode 124. I can't believe we're already here. And I'm so excited to be back with my sister and confidant and other adjectives. Confidant. And, and it's Allie's birthday in like two weeks. So yay! Yay! So, um, upon many of y'all's requests, we are going to be talking again together because we're hilarious, first of all. And second Just of all, ask us. we'll talk yeah. about it. And so we're going to be talking about relating to people different than you, differently than you, different than you, different than you. And we're also going to be talking about some other things. So it's Christmas coming up. It's the holidays. We all are still trying to go to the treadmill because of how much we ate on Thanksgiving. And um, there's a lot of emotions that happen during this time. And one of the things that a lot of people assume about Allie and I with Powerhouse is that we're exactly the same. And not just our hair color and eye color are different, but actually our personalities are incredibly different. And we just wanted to kind of let you guys behind the curtain a little bit of some things that we've walked through without getting too personal, but um, just letting you guys know once again that we're very real people that are just trying to make it as much as you guys are. And you're going to have seasons of thriving. You're going to have seasons that feel like you're just surviving. You're going to have seasons that feel like you can't even get out of bed every day. Um, And that's perfectly normal. So by the way, if you feel like you are walking through a season, potentially like one of those things right now, we just did an episode a couple weeks ago talking about the four different seasons that you could be walking through. Um, And I think that that episode will really help you. But um, Allie, I just wanted to kick this off. Um, And so why don't, do you want me to start or do you want to start talking a little bit about what we've been through the past couple months and maybe a a few of our differences and how we navigate communication through that? You can go for it. Me. Okay. So um, me, again, without getting too personal, one thing that I, I wanted to mention today was that Sometimes I think we all know we've heard like like Instagram's a highlight reel, duh, that's like an overused term. So I'm not here to just talk about that. But in reality, I don't think that we take enough into account of how much we make ourselves against a perfectionistic standard. Like we hold ourselves to that standard. And one thing that when I was in therapy a couple months ago and and we brought on actually my therapist to our inner circle, it was great. They got to have access to a mental health professional who specializes in eating disorders, PTSD, um, things like that. Um, And specifically what we didn't even know till we were on the call with her was the high achiever. And we were like, well, what's that? Like, what does that mean? And I remember one of the things that I'd worked through with her was she's like, you know, what, what is a good job to you? And long story short, I kind of unpacked that I do carry a perfectionistic mindset when it comes to what I expect of myself, even though I'm not the most detail oriented person in the world. And I have to work hard at that. I still put quite a bit of shame on myself as well as feel guilty if I'm not like launched out of bed right in the morning, get my whole task list done because I'm such a high achiever. Um, so Ali, I'd love for you just to chat a little bit about what have you learned about yourself and communicating with yourself as well as communicating with others' expectations when it comes to perfection, high achieving, especially as an Enneagram three. There's a lot in that question for sure, but I think you really need to know yourself at 
a deep level to be able to communicate your own needs. So, and that's just basically where it starts. And that has nothing to do with your personality type. That's just being a human being. And I think especially a female, because we're naturally emotional individuals that um, you need to know your natural bent and you need to know your values. You need to know what triggers you in order to have those communications with people closest to you, whether that is your relationships, whether that's your family, whether that's in business, because those things are going to come out in a lot of different areas. Um, And I think for me specifically, when I think about even my role with powerhouse, I can get very perfectionistic. And I think Megan, I was reflecting. um, I think that comes from our family a little bit too. Our, our whole family are very, every single person in our family are very high achieving people. I think back to my grandparents and my great grandparents, and we literally have a family tree of people's, not only their ethnicities and stuff, but their achievements, like what they were known for. And my, my uncle's really big and doing all of that. So I think that that's something to understand generationally in our family specifically. And so maybe a good reflection point for people listening is what is that for you in your own family? And maybe there's something ingrained in you. That's not necessarily a trait of your personality, but something you might've learned from your family or your, your parents or your grandparents or something that's been taught to you over time that can come out in different areas, whether that's in your relationships or whether that's in your workplace. Yeah, super good. And, um, you know, for those of you guys who follow me on social media, I got engaged last week. I'm super excited. I Megan Rhodes, um, June of next year. Very, very excited. I was telling Allie before we got on here that I forget to wear my ring constantly. So I'm like, okay, let's put this sucker to good use. But anyways, um, one of the things that even Landon and I are learning are how to communicate amongst, you know, together in a couple. And to Allie's point, a hundred percent, that is so true. And, and figuring out the biases that you naturally walk into any relationship with and not just intimate relationships, but also friendships. And so one thing that I'll just own that I have learned is that, you know, God made me to be a visionary and God is very much made Allie to be an integrator. And don't get me wrong. Allie can be a visionary. I can be an integrator. We both are very talented people, just to be honest. And I admire that about Allie as well. And again, coming from a high achieving family, you just kind of were not expected to do it all, but like, just, I'm so proud that we had really high standards, you know, academically and activities wise and whatnot. But one thing that comes with being a visionary, which is why it's so important to learn about who you are, because that's going to manifest in what your needs are, what your likes and dislikes are, how you process emotion, how quickly you process emotion. Um, Does it come out in anger, anxiety, or shame? You know, do you, do you need time to process? Do you outwardly process it? All these different things. Part of being a visionary is I work at lightning speed. And one of the things that um, I had to learn as a owner and I had to learn as a person in business that, you know, thank God I got to learn these things with my sister and not by the time that I had 10, 15 employees is that I, it's very hard for me to slow down because especially when you are an owner of something and it's been your baby for a long time you don't want to slow down because you've got all this vision that God's given you. And once you have this vision, you have a picture of what could happen. All you want to do is run, but you can't run something into the ground and not have the foundation built. And so we need each other and everybody needs to figure out what counterparts of people they need to surround themselves with in terms of their community and their support system, whether that's a business, whether that's you in school, whether that's as you're starting a new relationship, you need people that you can reach out to that are trusted and safe that can be honest with you and speak the truth and love even when it's uncomfortable you know Allie and I have had uncomfortable moments Landon and I have had uncomfortable moments my family and I have had uncomfortable moments and I am not a perfect person and I think there's a 
humility that has the opportunity to come that a lot of people don't take that opportunity and don't ever learn that in their whole lifetime. And I very much want to be a person, not perfect, but I want to be that person that can lovingly be taken down a couple notches so that I can go a hundred levels higher. Um, and so Ali, I'd love for you to speak about your perspective a little bit with that and what you've learned about yourself and how you've had to grow and learn and just your perspective on that topic. Yeah, I think it's very important to know, again, your natural bent so you can communicate in those times of, I don't want to say pain, but almost like anxiety or, uh, or uncertainty. And for someone with my personality type, I enjoy knowing the details. I enjoy having a plan. And so if you're paired with someone who is constantly running 200 miles an hour, sometimes 500 miles an hour, and I feel like I'm driving a bobsled with I almost said reindeer dogs or <laughs> almost like cheetahs, whatever is the best analogy here, because I don't actually know like cheetahs running full speed towards meat. And I'm just riding on the background. That's a terrible example, and but Allie's I'm not like driving. Slow. I'm driving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I, there's no reins. There's no reins. And I'm just in the carriage behind like, all right, if I fall out, I'm going to die, Praying. but I might as well stay on. Yeah. Yeah. But then in the meantime, like I'm paving the roads behind us as we go so that we know where to, if we have to drive back to where we came from, we have like an avenue imagery makes sense. Cause I just made it up, but that's sometimes how I feel when Meg and I are that's working really together actually. and we can come up with a better analogy than cheetahs on a sleigh with paved roads or whatever the heck I just said. But, um, hopefully that makes sense, but I think people can relate to that in, your life, whether you are more natural bent towards my personality type, when you are an integrator. So you like details, you like having a plan, you like knowing the expectations that are there for you. You like knowing your role so you can do it with excellence and perfection, or you're on the other side of that coin where you have a hard time sitting still. You naturally dream about a million things. You have a big heart for people and you don't mind change. You put the cart before the horse a lot of the times and you have great ideas with, you know, there's, there's going to be different kinds of people, but I think whether you're talking about business, which we are specifically, but, or you're talking about a relationship or even family members, you're going to run into people who are very different from you in life. And something that Megan and I've been reflecting on a lot is sometimes you have to risk the relationship to deepen the relationship. And for us specifically, that's really a season that Megan and I are walking through and, and out of, because we have had some, um, really deep conversations between the two of us about our future that have just honestly been very healthy for both of us and for powerhouse and for our life. And a lot of that seasonal between both of us, uh, I'm married, Megan's getting married, which is so exciting where we have a lot of changes on the horizon and a lot of exciting things coming for powerhouse, lots of, lots of opportunity, lots of vision, and you need both in order to get there, which is, I think something that we've both learned. Megan, you want to talk about that? Yeah. I really appreciate that perspective. And I think that being able to realize that you see in part, you know, even the Bible talks about how we see in part and ultimately only God sees the whole picture of everything. Even if you're the visionary, or even if you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in the day to day. And if the visionary just knew what I did every day and that they couldn't do this without me, that the whole bus would go off the rails without me. Right. 
I think we have to learn and come to this place of, again, humility. And again, I hope you guys listening or watching can see this from the full perspective as well. Like this is also in a relationship. If you ever think that you are the whole piece of the pie, like the whole world's going to crumble, you know, if it's just on you and we need to learn how to humble ourselves and appreciate, okay, what, how did God make that person to see in ways that he has given that person to me to help me and vice versa, right? I help to launch and activate people and activate things, right? That's one of my superpowers. I love hard. I can, you know, Allie and I both have the power of of people feel safe around us. They want to open up to us. Um, We have very pure hearts for truth. So we're never going to steer people wrong. Um, to the very best of our current wisdom and ability. Um, but we also have to know our blind spots and we have to know, like, I have to constantly tell myself, okay, before we do this new thing, have we finished the last thing? You know, have we sewn up in a bow the last thing? And then I get to help integrators say, Hey, we need to speed up a little bit and I need you to take action. Even though it's uncomfortable, we've got this. Like, I promise you, I have a plan. So I think once we know those things or we know those things, even in a relationship, it is such a, it like opens a portal to be able to communicate in a way that you can lovingly challenge someone without triggering them. And I think so much of relationships are, and why I love the Enneagram is like, why would you not want to learn how to figure out the code that unlocks wholeness and health and the, the top of the top of that person, right? that's how I see relationships. That's how I see business. And again, God's had to grow me in that a lot. And I'm still growing, um, even within myself, but like, if there was a way to speak someone else's language to the best of your ability, why would you not want to do that? Right. Why would you not want to avoid fires? Why would you not want to make that person feel loved and affirmed every day of their life? Um, but I think with different things that we carry in our own life, like for example, I know some personality types or just unhealthy people have a hard time affirming other people because of trauma of their past or things that they've come from where they're like, well, I'm, I'm scared. I'm not going to get it back. I'm scared that I'm just going to pour out and I'm going to be left empty, you know? And to that, I would say a couple things. Well, again, check who you're around, because if you are around people that aren't going to reciprocate that, then you might want to recheck, you know, who's in your circle. Um, but when you do have a thriving circle of people that you can be intimate with in terms of emotional intimacy, you can feel safe, you can feel protected, you can feel supported. It should be a two-way street every time you come into contact with that person, or at least 90% of the time, it's a positive reinforcement that is feeding your love tank, affirming who you are and your identity. And yeah, maybe speaking to your actions that there need to be a negative, you know, implication towards your actions because you genuinely acted like a jerk or, you know, got pissed off and said something that you regret or hid in a hermit shell for five days. And they're like, come out, come out wherever you are. Like, it's time to get over this, you know, but we all, you need to have a certain level of safety in that relationship. And like Ali said, you know, we were just talking, like if you haven't had kind of a knockout drag out moment where you see who someone is when they're at their worst, how do you really know if their relationship can last a lifetime? You don't know that because you, you don't know how that person's going to react to challenge, to change, to, you know, bad things that happen. And I think it's so crazy how business, especially business with family, but also, you know, family relationships, even friendships. I mean, setting boundaries and just like knowing who you are and what's healthy and what's not healthy, as well as striving towards more positive ways that you can learn how to communicate is one of the best 
gifts that I think that you could ever give yourself, especially Mm -hmm. if you feel like you were handed a bunch of negative cards because of the family that you were raised in. Yeah. I think that for a lot of people, it's difficult to just start that conversation. And maybe that's you. If you're listening this, I know I've talked about this on one of our previous podcasts, but something that I learned in premarital before Joe, Joe and I got married was conflict management styles, whether you're a rhino or a hedgehog when it comes to conflict. And that's not only a strategy when it comes to relationships, but it's for business relationships or friendships. Because when you start feeling that anxiety or the, oh crap moment of like, I am uncomfortable. Do you naturally retreat into yourself? And do you need time to think about it before you can communicate effectively? Do you need that processing time for you to feel safe? Or are you a person that wants to knock it out right then and there and say, well, well, why do you do this? And you instantly start not attacking the other person, but communicating strongly in that moment, because you need to address it right then and there. Otherwise it's going to bother you if it goes unaddressed, there's normally two different conflict styles. And it's important to know who or which category you fall into and the other person you're communicating with what category they fall into. And if you know that, then it helps you start that communication. Because I think there's a lot of people in our lives that we care about. It could be friends, it could be coworkers, it could be someone you're in a relationship with. And if you don't know how to start the conversation, all that's going to do is bury that hurt and bury that anxiety and bury that for a later conversation when you might have a blow up and you might be emotional on a day you're like, I don't know what's going on. Or, you know, you're watching a movie and then you start having this nervous breakdown and you're like, I have no idea why I'm crying or having this breakdown for something so small, but really it's because you've built up all of these things over time and you've not dealt with them along the way. And that is something that I have learned not only in my marriage and my relationships, but with my friendships and dealing with family as well, because you have to know your own natural bent. You have to know how to advocate for yourself. You have to know how you process. You have to know how you feel safe in order to have those conversations with people around you in a, in a healthy and effective way. And then if you pair that with what Megan was talking about with the humility piece, I think that's a huge thing that people lack when it comes to having difficult conversations because it's so natural in our, in our flesh, honestly, to just say, well, I didn't do anything wrong, or it's this person or calling out the faults in others before owning our part of what happened. And I think that's a great first step. If you don't know how to start the conversation, at least communicating to your part that you had to play in the conflict or your perspective on it, because your, your perspective on the topic is your perspective, your beliefs are your beliefs. And if you, if you can say, Hey, I don't know the answer here, but here's, here's what I know. Here's what I think. Here's what I've experienced. Here are my feelings. Nobody else can say that that's not true because you're speaking from your perspective. And I think those viewpoints are so powerful when it comes to conflict management, when it comes to difficult conversations, and when it comes to advocating for yourself. Yeah. So good. I really, really appreciate that. And one thing that I think is the foundation and the bedrock of all of this is you need to make sure that you are dealing with a person who is pursuing wholeness like you are. Some of the problems that I have seen, even in other people that I've counseled that I'm sure Ali has had conversations with marriages that we've, you know, friends, that have been struggling or, you know, whatever, or relationships that have broken up, or even like 
you're working for a company and the boss, you know, the relationship that you have with that boss, making sure that you have established boundaries and asked questions to where you can see whether you're even dealing with a person who is willing to humble themselves at all. And that would be my number one, if I could have a number zero thing that I would say to girls that we coach, you guys, if you are listening, make sure that you are pursuing wholeness on your own behalf. You are reading books, you're listening to podcasts, you are, you know, you have a coach, a mentor, somebody in your life that can lovingly challenge you and that can help you grow and call you out on your crap in the best way that in in a safe environment. Okay. Accountability. I have had terrible accountability, like, and it's, I end up more messed up by the end of the counseling session. And then I've had amazing accountability where I'm laughing and someone's calling me on my crap. And they're like, what you said was really stupid, but I love you. And I love this about you. And Allie does that all the time. Right. Um, and we call it the da, 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 and you know, like, I love you, but I feel safe because I know that they love me. And I know that they have established that they believe that I have positive intent, which is a whole other thing that I'll talk about in a second, but in relationships, ladies, and for men who are listening to like the red flags that you perceive in your spirit in the beginning are almost always right. Okay. If you have a check in your spirit about something about a boss about, is my parent unhealthy? Is this coach unhealthy. You know, I had professors in college that if I would have looked back, oh my gosh, what I would have done things differently. I was emotionally harassed by this one teacher for three years of my college experience. And now I look, I look at it with my eyes now and I'm like, uh, she's a super unhealthy person who's living alone at 65, like, and hates men and, you know, or hates women actually. And was just like, but then she was the leader of all the women's groups. Why? Cause she wanted control. Cause she felt powerless. Right. So when you're able to put the goggles on correctly, you're able to, I love this word deescalate. Okay. And I want you guys to think about this. Like, how can I, if I am in a combatant situation, with my own thoughts, with my parent, with my boyfriend, with my teacher, how can I de-escalate the situation through a couple things and look at me being practical and not just high level philosophy. Okay. Ready for this. So a couple questions that can help you to feel powerful. So number one, make sure that you're like, am I dealing with a powerful person? Am I dealing with a person who's humble, who's willing to come to the table? Or am I just the only one coming to the table and eating? And they're just like, make me some food. I'll be in the living room. Serve me. You know what I mean? But this is real, ladies. Like this, I've I've been through this. Allie's been through this. Like, are you dealing with a person who's willing to even pl- like do this, or are they just playing games? So otherwise, bye bye. Your your red flags are correct. Number two, okay. Questions. Ask yourself, <clears throat> what do I need right now? Okay. What do they need right now? And that's a great question you can ask them. Well, how am I feeling? Go to the emotional wheel. Google it. How am I feeling right now? Can I pinpoint, oh, I'm feeling disappointment. I'm actually not angry. I'm disappointed or I'm actually not angry. I'm afraid right now. Why am I afraid, right? So asking yourself that question, what do I need? How am I feeling? What questions do I have about this situation? What more information do I need to actually make an accurate depiction of what's going on? Number four, what do I actually want? What would I have liked to happen? Don't just complain to your boyfriend and say, you're a terrible person. You disappointed me. You don't love me enough. No, what what would you have liked for them to do? If you don't even have a result, shut your mouth and process it until you actually can identify these questions. Okay. And to Ali's point, she's more of a, what's it called? Not the rhino. What's the other one called? Hedgehog. Hedgehog. Allie is a hedgehog. I am a rhino. Shocker. Okay. So it's massively uncomfortable for me to be like, 
okay, I'm going to let you process this because I'm like, let's just start it on fire and deal with it now. I want it over. Right. But like, I have to realize that if I'm dealing with the hedgehog, it is literally going to do nothing. And I'm just going to piss them off so badly. And they're going to say things they don't mean. I'm going to say things I don't mean because they, they have not been able to identify their need yet. They have to go away and be able to, to, to process and allow God to give them wisdom to see clearly. Right. And then the last thing that I would say, you know, after what would I have liked to happen, um, is speak to positive intent. Hey, how can you communicate in a way where it's like, Hey, I want you to know that I know that you have the best intentions for me. I know that you love me. I know that you care for me. Again, different words for different situations. But in a boyfriend-girlfriend constant context, I'm always like, Landon, I just want you to know that I know that you love me and that I know that you're for me and that anything that you do that could accept me, I know is not your intention. With that being said, here's how I'm feeling right now. And when you did this, I want you to know that it made me feel this way. I'm not saying that I'm correct in that. I'm not saying that that obviously went out of your way to disappoint me, but I'm just letting you know that I'm experiencing this feeling right now and I'm hurt and I'm uncomfortable. And I'd love for you to be able to comfort me in this way. Can you do that? And when you take the gun away from their head, you know, metaphorically, you can actually both come to the table and have those, that, that communication. And it's amazing. You guys, I promise you, if you just do these simple things, you can have an argument that's like successful and you feel close and safe after in like 10 minutes rather than like three hours and you're exhausted and go to bed angry. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, if we're thinking about the season of life that we are all in right now, we're recording this podcast in the holidays, in the holiday season. And so we are all surrounded by our family right now or friends. If you are in college and you're having friends giving, or you might not be going home for Christmas and this is real. Maybe you're having conflicts with your roommate. Maybe it's a teacher like Megan was describing. Maybe it's a teammate. If you are in sports or you're in a club, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a pageant. Uh, maybe your director is like this. Maybe it's another title holder in your state system that you're, you cannot stand. And maybe you are fearful that you're going to room with her at state. Like conflict is a part of life and you have to know how to communicate your needs so you can feel safe. You can communicate effectively. You can feel valued. You can feel heard and everything that Megan just said, those questions are so awesome. I would encourage you guys to listen back and write them down. And even how she was communicating her verbiage when she was speaking to how she talks to Landon, I talked to Joe in a very similar way. Again, it's, you identifying your feelings. This is how I am feeling when you did this. It made me feel this way. That's very powerful language because it's not blaming language. It's talking to the action, not the intent of the person. And then you're talking about how you feel. So I would encourage you guys to write that down. Um, but as we're approaching the holiday season or we're in the holiday season, you might find yourself surrounded by family, friends that are different from you. Maybe there's different generations in the room and that causes conflict. Maybe there's different personalities amidst your family or friends, or maybe you guys share different values or you guys are in different seasons of your life. Maybe the people who are closest to you don't really understand pageants or they don't understand the stresses of being a college student while trying to achieve this massive goal of winning Miss State whatever. And you feel like you can't really relate to people in your life because no one's really going through the same thing that you are. I would just encourage you guys to really rely on your support systems and find that person in your life who you know would be there if all hell broke loose in your life. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's someone in you're in a relationship with, but 
the person doesn't have to be going through the exact same season of life that you are in, in order to be a backbone for you, be someone that you can rely on and relate to and communicate to and vent to appropriately. Right. And so holidays can be a really tough time for people. They really can, because again, in the Instagram and TikTok age, everything looks shiny from the outside, but when people get family in a room, it's not always the best thing for everybody. And sometimes it brings to light conflicts or past hurts that people are afraid to deal with because it is family. So we just want to encourage you guys today that hopefully you're taking these tactics of communication and applying them to the areas of your life that you need. And if you, if you guys ever need anything, reach out to Megan and I, and we'd love to help you with really anything you're going through, especially if it's related to pageants, if you're dealing with somebody in your life, that's kind of difficult. Um, we'd love to help you through that too. Yeah. And, uh, kind of in closing one thing that I'll say there's such beauty in, and again, let me set some perspective. So I've been through abusive situations where I felt so incredibly unsafe. Can't even imagine having a conversation that ended in peace, like no clue. Right. And our family grew up just sweeping things under the rug. We didn't have a lot of conflict. Like it was stupid things. So that's why we could sweep it under the rug. And then it was just like, go to your room. And then I would just wait by the stairs and come back crawling back. So I'm like, give me dinner, you know, whatever. So just stupid stuff. And our parents would cave cause they love us. So, you know, but then as you get older and like real stuff happens and, and whatever, that's where I, I genuinely am so grateful. And I, I love how God works of all the people that we ended up marrying in our family, because they grew up in very, you know, much houses that communicated with passion and vigor. Right. And we love that we needed that. And so just trust that like when you're even operating in the flow of the call of God in your life, God's going to bring you unexpected things, even like that. Not only are they your person in terms of you want to be in an intimate relationship with them, but on top of that, the things that are different about them are going to be an asset to you. And you, you would have no that was a way that wanted you how much he loved you and how a new level of what you could go to. But he brings you somebody so different than you in the best ways, right? Not different just to be different, not different in a way where you're fighting about values the rest of your life. And please hear me because I've had to counsel people in this. And I'm like, why did you get married? And now you're stuck. Like you're literally stuck. Horrible. Just don't marry them, you know, in the first place. Like, the only thing worse than being single is wishing that you were. And so I want to encourage people in a couple things. One, um, you know, if you're going through the season, and you're seeing everyone getting engaged and they're happily married and everything looks perfect. Just remember that it is a shiny toy and that everybody has had seasons of loneliness. Everyone has had seasons of, of trauma. Everyone has crap in their family, even if it looks like the perfect family on Instagram. Okay. So just whatever season you're in, God has a plan for you. God has a way of escape for you. God has, you know, the right people. So pray them in, make sure that you're doing what you can to engage in positive community, whatever that looks like. I've had people that have met their best friend at a coffee shop that they just like went to the same coffee shop, like every day. I mean, Allie and I are part of a women's group that are the most random ragtag group of people and we are amazing and there's like a 25 year age gap between all of us like we love it right and it's the highlight of my week and i i didn't know how much i needed that so that's point number one and then point number two uh just remember that it, your goal should always be to to control what you can control and become healthier as a person you can't control what anybody else does um, but the beautiful thing is when you are willing to have those intense times of fellowship as we call them um, they might get intense you know Allie and I have even had things in our life where we're like oh my gosh like this person is so important to me 
what would it be like to lose them? I can't even imagine. Like it's the, it's like ripping out a part of your heart. You know, if Allie and I were to ever not talk, that's how it would feel for me. Right. And, and, or anybody else, right. Or just like, it literally feels like a death almost if somebody were to not be in your life. But once you get to that place of, of risking the relationship, willing to get uncomfortable, and then it ends in peace because you use strategies that respect and honor their, you know, who they are as a person it's crazy how like your backbone literally gets stronger and you're like, Oh, well now, like if I went through that again, I know that we'd get through it. Like I, cause we've already proven it. You know what I mean? So there's like a litmus test of like, well, I've been through that. So now what's the next hardest thing that you've got for me? You know, Ali, you sound like you want to say something. Yeah. I, I don't want someone listening to mishear us though. What we mean by risking the relationship to deepen the relationship doesn't mean just meaninglessly, seeking out conflict or fighting about every single little detail that comes up in your life. If you don't do this, I'm leaving or something like that. It's not, it's not like a, yeah, don't that that's not good. It's not a, that's (laughs) not a this or that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a this or that. And it's not manipulation. And I'll give you a, an example of that. So as Megan was talking about relationships and making sure that, you know, you've gone through the ringer that's not what you actually said, but before you get married, like you need to know the person's values, which a hundred percent is true. One of the things that Joe and I always laughed about, like as a couple was that we never really had this monster fight that everyone would always talk about before we got married. And I really think that one of the reasons why that is, is because our values are like this. They're so similar. And if you listed our top five values, four and a half of them would be exactly the same. And I say half because the fifth one is probably like somewhat overlapping in some way. Um, And that's what Megan means by that conflict piece. So you're not just seeking out conflict to say, oh, we have a differences. So I need to, you know, we need to handle this right now, or you need to process and come back to me. Like that's, that's demanding. That's manipulation. No, it's knowing when to let things go, knowing when to say, you know, is this really a big deal or am I just looking at this and it's not, not that big of a deal? Like, am I making it too big of a deal? And it's knowing how to have those internal conversations, but also remember what I said earlier, it's not shoving everything down and never addressing anything. If you're feeling anxiety about something, if something's making you feel uncomfortable or not safe, pay attention to that. That's a red flag. And especially if it's repeat behavior of the person you're with or a specific person, if their behavior is making you feel a specific way, you should never bury that. That's what we're talking about addressing, but someone leaves a dish out or, you know, what some small thing, they forget to take the trash out. I'm just saying like husband and wife living the other things, but um, those are things like you can easily let go. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. But emotional things should never go unchecked. Now, oh my gosh, I could talk about this forever and maybe we should, I know we don't have a lot of time. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, very quick thing that I'll say about number one, provided for and protected. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to make some money. So does Ali. We like security. Money brings security, right? Obviously. So it's not like, oh, I need a man patriarchy to blah, blah, blah. like, do you know who you're talking to? Absolutely not. Right. But women want to feel safe. Number one and provision and protection make you feel safe. Okay. That's my point. So don't DM me with some religious crap anyways. So, but what I mean is if you don't feel safe enough to bring up those emotions, that is a red flag. Okay. Red flag, police coming down the street, like absolutely not. Okay. Now here's the other thing. You have a responsibility to pursue wholeness. Okay. 
because no man wants to marry a woman or woman wants to marry a man because I've dealt with this too, who is emotionally, so emotionally unstable that they really shouldn't be in a relationship right now. Okay. We are all in process. We all have crap that we bring to the table. We all have baggage. Okay. But I can tell you, and Allie can tell you with a hundred percent certainty, the more that you can work on your own crap before you bring somebody else into it, the better. Because I will tell you, I'm almost 29. Landon just turned 29. We are not perfect. We are not married yet. So we don't know what married life is like. I can't speak from that. But I can tell you that because of how much Landon has pursued wholeness and took a 12-week emotional intelligence course because he felt like it, right? Like raised in a great family, or even if you weren't pursued that, okay, I wasn't raised with a great family. So what books do I need to read? Who do I need to surround myself with? What networking events do I need to go to? What church group do I need to join to get access to what I was not privy to knowing because of life experience? What other life experience do I feel like I need to bring to the table or have knowledge of to be a good partner? Okay. Questions are so powerful. And the more that you can come into a relationship truly ready, the more that A, you'll be able to attract a better caliber of human being, right? I was like, if you're 10, you're going to attract another 10. Like, awesome, right? You might as well want the best. So you are in control of that. And I can tell you that now, I, you know, I've been through a lot of crazy relationships, one majorly, but but now Landon and I have had such an easy road, even though we're both eights. Like on what planet does that work? Probably zero, right? But it's amazing because we both come to the table with such humility that we truly feel incredibly emotionally intimate after these conversations because I feel so safe and he's so caring and I care for him, you know, in a way that is humble and putting him before myself and because he makes me feel safe and and likewise, right? And that has a lot to do with personality, but just emotional maturity, you guys. So pursue your own emotional maturity. And I promise you guys, A, you'll have a higher BS meter of like, that's not coming to my house. Like that was a terrible first date. You are not going to treat me that way. Right. And knowing your values, knowing the things that are non-negotiables, I promise you, if you are single in this season, you're going to set yourself up for so much more success because when things are black and white, you're able to say yes, no toss, keep, right? When things are gray because you are so confused in your own mind or you just need to like take a single season and process, how in the world do you think that you're supposed to attract what you're looking for if you don't even know who you are yet? And that's not a condemnation. I've been there. Allie's been there. We've all been there. But I promise you it's worth it to pursue wholeness in your own season so that the right person at the right time can come across your path and then you path and then you can live in the relationship of your dreams. Absolutely. And I wish we could talk about this for like three hours and maybe we can do a part, whatever of this, we'll let you guys know. But I think wrapping this up, if you could take anything away from this, it is pursue wholeness. Like Megan was saying, that is a skill that you should never stop striving towards in your life. I think wholeness is a different thing for different people, but if both parts of a relationship are achieving wholeness, you will come to the middle with your communication, always in humility and always thinking the best of the other person. And that should be a fundamental value. Like we were saying, and also learning how to advocate for yourself. Um, so you can really deepen 
those communications with other people is so important because if you don't know how to advocate for yourself, if you don't know how to put verbiage or words to how you are feeling, how do you expect the other person in your relationship to read your mind or read what's going on if you can't communicate for yourself? So I think those are two huge takeaways for today. And again, we can try and dive into this a little bit more or feel free to book a one-on-one with Megan and I, and we'd love to talk to you about this even deeper, but we kind of have to wrap up this podcast because we're kind of getting a little bit long, Meg. (laughs) Perfect. Cool. So a couple final thoughts. So this is why we have the powerhouse inner circle. This is why we do coaching the way that we do. This is why a lot of our coaching is community-based because you can't do it alone. Uh, Allie and I are excellent coaches and we take what we do very seriously, but we're not Jesus Christ, Lord and savior of the universe. And, you know, even with, great one-on-one coaching, you still need a community around you to uplift you who understand and can make you feel safe. So the inner circle is an amazing community that can provide that, (laughs) Allie's going to laugh, undergirding, (laughs) but it really is. It's like a baseline support. (laughs) Can you tell we're pastors, (laughs) pastors kids, but really that baseline foundation of community, especially if you, you know, maybe you live in a small town or you're just feeling lonely right now. So join the inner circle. We always put the strategy call application, um, in the show notes that you guys can, um, book a call with me and see if you're right fit for that. Cause not everybody is, but we'd love to see if you are. Um, and then other than that, make sure that you're part of pageant winter secrets, our awesome Facebook group. We post, um, things like this all the time, trainings, other snippets. Um, and we, we have a lot of the freebies that come out. They, they hit there first. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for listening to this episode, everybody. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.